0: Potters, welcome to episode 225 of Cospod, the podcast for all things cosplay. Happy Saturday, everybody. We're recording this not at our usual time because life and but things. Okay. We're here with you guys.
1: I'm Valerie. So good
0: morning. Morning. Amber.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've already been up for like five hours. So for me, I'm like, eh, it's the middle of the day. It's fine.
0: It's, you know, it's been a week of. Very unexpected things that I had to work on sometimes until late, later than my bedtime normally. So plus, you know, the whole Texas doesn't know how to stay consistent with its weather and to keep going warm, cold, warm, cold, warm, cold. So I can't decide if I need to have warm blankets on my bed or the fan on with the air conditioning.
1: Or both. Or both.
0: Of cases.
1: My fan goes on all year round.
0: (laughs) In fact, it was 70 degrees day before yesterday, and it's supposed to snow on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And it's been really windy the whole time since, because I've been waiting, if you guys remember last episode, to go spray paint outside, which I can't really do when it's windy outside. Not necessarily for control reasons, but also because of the... Aerosols that come with spray paint have a really strong scent, and the wind just throws it back in your face, which is really unpleasant. <laughs> Not it's... to mention, the, the spray from the spray can also kind of goes everywhere. Everywhere. And, really if you're
1: trying to get a nice, neat, even coat, it's really difficult to do that when it's a little windy.
0: <laughs> and also, because typically with spray paint, you're supposed to let it sit and set for 15 minutes minimum, usually they push you to like 30 or 45 for the best wait time between coats, which basically means I have to leave it to sit outside unattended while I go back inside because, you know, spray can, rattle, smell. Well, if it's windy, it's blowing my pieces around and sometimes while the paint is wet it has been known to flip them over so that the wet side is side down because, you know, that's what happens when you drop... Toast with butter on it is, it always falls butter side down. Spray painted items with cosplay do the exact same thing. If they get blown around, they land wet side down, which means generally have to remake the piece. It's not fun. So I'm a little upset with Mother Nature right now because I haven't been able to go out and spray paint my pieces yet.
1: But it is that time of year in Texas where it can't decide between hot and cold. It'll be 75 one day, 32 the next. And it'll always bounce back and forth until maybe late March, early April, when it finally decides, hey, we're going to stay in the mid-70s for like three weeks. And then we'll go to extreme hot. And
0: then, then we just get severe storms where we have tornadoes instead.
1: <laughs> Texas!
0: <laughs> but speaking of cosplay updates... Um... Because of unexpected work things, uh, I have not been able to work on cosplay. I have been working for the last week or so, and I have been very exhausted as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if I could, it's like, if you've ever done that, I've never done this. So I imagine this is what it's like working on that cosplay last minute in the convention hotel room at like 2 AM in the morning, the day of the convention. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it would feel like if I worked on cosplay right now. I would have that kind of not really focused ambiance of working on the cosplay. Uh, but for you guys, I will be reviewing later on in this episode of First Time Garment Fitting as an ebook. And the reason I chose that is because with my working out and everything else, I'm actually just about back down to college size now, which makes me very happy. And now I'm going to have to go back and take the pieces of my Athena dress, which I will be working on starting tomorrow and refitting it again as I sew. And I'm going to have to hand-base the whole thing. And that's just because my perfectionist self says, wedding satin, I do not want to stick pins in that thing if I don't have to, because it creates permanent holes. Mm -hmm. And it looks terrible. Not to mention that my sewing machine and anything with any sort of sheen on it do not get along well. That also goes for napped fabrics, incidentally, even with a walking foot. My sewing machine just wants cotton and polyester, 24-7, 365. (laughs) Makes my life a little difficult. It means I have to hand baste everything, but that's okay. I will just find something awesome to marathon where there's music or television, and Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit there and hand baste- And just hand it, it. yeah. And fit it as best as I can. Uh, my dress dummy might actually be useful now, because I have decent enough proportions that the dress dummy will actually simulate them. But I have my Sky Sorceress sitting in its full glory on it right now, and I'm kind of hesitant to take it down.
1: (laughs) I understand. (laughs) It's
0: like, it's like display piece. But yeah, that's basically what I have been uh, doing for the last week. My goal is to start working on the cosplay tomorrow. Fingers crossed that I don't get paged.
1: Good enough.
0: (laughs) I tried, you guys. I really did try. But Mother Nature and life just did not cooperate.
1: Because I, too, have been feeling the same pinch. Because two weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to start working on this costume because I've got things I want to start sewing and put together. And then within maybe an hour or two after our last recording, I got a notification of, oh, hey, your coworker is going to start on Monday, so you need to start prepping for training. It's like, oh, okay. So my weekend basically got taken away from me, and it was focused on work, and all I've been doing is working, 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 and training. Training a new person and also in training for myself for the entire company, <laughs> Which is why my voice sounds a little bit raspy. It, I've just been doing nothing but talking for two weeks straight, and I am exhausted. I don't know how I worked in a call center, because this sucks. But, so I really haven't been working on cosplay. I, I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks I can, now that some of my workload is being slowly offset to this new person that has come in. Um, we will see, fingers crossed. Is Since it is February, is 28 days of black cosplay. Uh, And this is the time to share and support Black cosplayers, to truly support them, you know, expand it beyond this month. Share, support, follow, and encourage people of color in the cosplay realm throughout the year. Yeah, their voices and their work are valuable to the growing cosplay culture. But specifically, February is meant to just highlight and showcase all of the cool creativity that is out there from Black cosplayers. But be sure to engage with them, support them, share the love, share their greatness and keep it up throughout the year don't make it just this one month and then the other thing yeah big yes please and the other thing is that i stumbled upon this like two days ago i thought this was the coolest thing Um, there's this new shop that's called mumika which means create in filipino Um, it's a black-owned business that launched literally just a couple of days ago same week as this recording and it's a place for cosplayers to buy and sell costumes specifically they're focusing on secondhand costumes so recycling and trying to reduce waste Um, the big thing that i thought was cool about this is that it's way more convenient than hunting on social media and those facebook marketplace groups where the reach is like non-existent now since you have to basically pay for advertising to get any type of following or notice at this point um but what i really also love is that Cosplay has grown to such a level and has evolved over the years that it's creating new business opportunities like this. This is a place specifically for cosplay where you could buy, sell, resell, even new costumes that maybe you bought it from a vendor in Japan or China, you never got a chance to wear it, but you want somebody else to have it, you can pop it up on this website and sell it. It could be armor and props, it can be just wigs. I'm like, this is a great idea. Why haven't we put something like this together before. So it's really cool. I hope it does. Well, just to let you guys know, we're not sponsored by the company. It literally was I just found out about this two days ago. And I was like, this is a great idea. I love this.
0: <laughs> we don't have sponsors. No sponsors, we have our our listeners,
1: right? So go look them up. I think it's definitely worth giving them a check out. Um, I'm I know the selection will probably be small, because literally, they just started this week a couple of days ago. But hopefully it grows, and hopefully that turns into a successful business for them. It's basically cosplay eBay.
0: Honestly, there are so many costumes, I'm sure, that get thrown out.
1: After, like, one or two wearings.
0: If they've been worn
1: at all. Yeah. And it just sits there in your closet, not doing anything, and it's like, okay, I wore it to this one convention, or I wore it to this one photo shoot. Am I ever going to wear it again? Probably not. And you feel guilty for throwing it away So you just keep it in your closet. You try to sell it on your Twitter or your Facebook page, but you get no hits because you need somebody that has your exact same measurements in order to fit into this. And it's like, oh, no. We're close to it. We're close to it. And trying to grab that from Facebook, Facebook alone, it's challenging enough until you spend like $150 on an advertisement for it. And even by then, you've already lost all the money that you spent on the costume. (laughs) costume. So it's like, uh... (laughs) All right, shall we get into the main topic? All right, so for today's
0: show, I will actually be reviewing a book called First Time Garment Fitting. It was part of the Humble Bundle Cosplay Bundle. If you guys listened to us, I believe it was late last year or mid last year, Mm -hmm. they offered a cosplay bundle of about, I'd say a dozen, 16 different eBooks and pattern sets, all together from different artists, from different cosplayers as a bundle and you can pay what you want for it. And if you wanted all of the books, the minimum was $18 and you pay that amount or however much you want after that. And it supports the artists and the cosplayers who donated this content, as well as charities of your choice. And so we've been slowly going through and reviewing all of these really cool books that I didn't even know existed. And since I will be working on my Athena dress and having to basically fit the garment again, I thought this would be a great time to review the book, so enjoy! Hey Potters, Amber here. This episode I am reviewing First Time Garment Fitting The Absolute Beginner's Guide by Sarah Veblen. There were plenty of things to read about in here, it's 131 pages that are chock full, not just of pictures, which I'm all about pictures and tutorial books, just because I'm a visual learner, so that is definitely helpful. But also because the pictures illustrate exactly what she talks about in the book, they're not just placeholders. There have been many books in my life that just show pictures as sort of placeholders. But she actually goes into a lot of the different ways that you can look at how garments fit on your body by showing you what it looks like in real life. So let's go ahead and get into it. So I've went ahead and divided this review up into the sections of the book, and I'm going to talk about each section in a very broad sort of manner. The very first section that she covers is fitting fundamentals. And if you've attended any sort of Cosplay 101, Sewing 101, Making Clothing 101 sort of course, this book basically covers those things. So to be honest, there wasn't really anything new in this section. But what I did appreciate first and foremost, and it just kind of hit me in the face by page 8, is that she does talk about the different types of body figures. And this is really important to me as somebody who has changed weight over the years constantly. I've changed shape, and it basically makes my fitting life really difficult. But it's important to understand and to internalize that there are many different body shapes. And having a different body shape doesn't necessarily mean that you have to resign yourself to looking poor in clothing. The whole point of fitting garments is to flatter your figure, whatever that figure happens to be. And with all the different shapes of body sizes and body shapes, well, there are that many different ways to fit a garment to the body. And she really gets into that as you go further and further into the book. So I did want to kind of call that out and very much appreciate the diversity that she shows within the book. Most of the other things that were covered here are fairly basic, things like tools and the general process of what you go through. This book mostly deals with commercial patterns. So if you haven't really worked with the big major brands like Simplicity, McCall's, Vogue, uh, Quixote, that sort of thing, then you probably won't quite get as much out of this simply because... She kind of touches on draping here and there, but she doesn't really go into the process of what it takes to fit a garment by draping only. Most of it deals with existing patterns. So uh, alternatively, if you have done block drafting or slopers, this is also a good book to use because it will work for those two. I just found it a little bit less helpful if you're somebody that doesn't work with patterns that are already on paper. That said, it is still a very good section to read. It's good to remember the fundamentals because the rest of the book builds on those same skills later on. And also, I didn't know there was a specific ruler for dressmaking, (laughs) honestly. I have a set of curved rulers, but apparently there is a specific set for dressmaking that I do not have, so the next time I am at my local retailer, I'm going to have to go and pick up a set because that will make my life a lot easier. (laughs) So the next section in the book is about creating a fitting muslin. And muslin, for those who don't know, is kind of an off-white colored fabric. You can actually get it in a few different colors. You can get it in solid white and uh, cream and such. But it's a cotton woven fabric that is very, very inexpensive. And it's typically used to make mock-ups of clothing before you make the real thing, so that you can do things like fitting, and making sure that all of your seams are in the right spot, and that sort of thing. So this entire section just basically deals with that process. Again, there's nothing terribly new here, but it's always good to review the essentials. I did note that she does touch very lightly on making several mock-ups, including in a fabric that is kind of close to what your final project will be. Honestly, as a cosplayer, I haven't done that very much, simply because it gets really expensive to keep buying a lot of fabric over and over again. Not to mention that, one, you accumulate a ton of fabric, which if you've ever watched our show, you know that I have a major problem with right now. I just have too much fabric. Uh, Two, what do you do with all the mockups when you're done, which I can understand. Yeah, you can use scrap, you can donate them, but if you make several mockups, you just kind of end up with a a lot of extra fabric. And then the the last thing is that if you try and make it with a fabric that's close to your final, you may or may not be able to do that. If you can't find proper fabric, or if it's, say, a special occasion garment, which she does mention a little bit in the book, it may be prohibitively expensive to do this. Uh, I'll be honest, in my entire cosplay-making life, I think the most mock-ups I've ever made for a garment or a cosplay is three. And the impression I kind of get from the book is you may have 6, eight, ten. It's a little too many for me personally. But then again, I fully admit, I know my own body shape fairly well. Even though I do change size a little bit, I know my general body shape. So I don't have to make too too many alterations whenever I make garments. The, the commercial patterns generally fit me pretty well with the exception of uh, in the bust area. So in general, very straightforward section. It doesn't get too too technical until the next section, so let's go ahead and get into that now. The largest section, Altering Patterns. The largest, most technical section of the entire book, which is Altering Patterns. And to be honest, as somebody who really enjoys the nitty-gritty of tutorials and just kind of talking shop and such, this is always my favorite part of the book, even though it's usually the hardest to be able to understand and use. And basically, this is the same for all of the co-chair tailoring books that I have, and I think I have three or four of them. It's always the hardest for me to get the the hands-on portion of actually tailoring and altering patterns. So one thing that this book does really well is that they talk about all of the different oh I guess you would say symptoms of fit problems. So how can you tell that something is, say, too tight in the bust? Or how can you tell that there's not enough length in the lower back? Or what do certain wrinkles in certain places mean? Like, how can you tell where the problem is? And the book does a fantastic job of going into that in detail. And there are pictures everywhere showing you all the different types of fitting problems that you might have, and it makes suggestions on how to create it. Now, that said, there is a slight downside to this, in that she doesn't necessarily tell you how to tell which part is causing the problem. Because, for example, if you have slight wrinkles pointing from the neck toward the bust, okay, well, that could be problems in the neck, that could be problems in the bust area, that could be problems in the arm side or the uh, armhole. There's not really a good way to tell, necessarily, which part of your garment is causing the problem, even though she describes how to fix all three. The advice that came across to me in the book was, well, try different things and see what fixes it, which is all fine and good, but like I said, sometimes making multiple mock-ups and having to fix problems, especially when some of the fixes involve cutting into the fabric and snipping. Well, that can get prohibitively expensive, not to mention that once you cut fabric apart, it's a lot harder to put it back together. You end up basically having to stick interfacing on the back of it and fuse like another section. It's almost like patching the knees of worn out jeans from when we were kids. So I did find that to be a little bit problematic because it's it's something that I really take an interest in and something that I sometimes have a hard problem understanding is the how. I get the what. She's really good at explaining the what, and to an extent a little bit of the how, but not quite so much of the how do I know which thing to fix instead of just taking a mallet and choosing a nail to hit and hoping it's the right one. But other than that, like I said, this is my favorite section. I'm definitely keeping this for reference. I have an ebook reader that I keep with me, and it's going to be on the fabric table next to me as I'm working on these things. Also, this really has kind of inspired me to go back and work on the vest that I was making late last year. So the final section of the book is fitting projects. And what she does here is she takes three different sample projects, and she shows you the process of what she would do going through and fitting them on a client. She does a dress in the book that it's a lot harder to fit things on yourself. And I totally agree from experience, it's really hard to fit things on yourself, especially if you have to make adjustments on the back of the garment where you can't really reach, you end up just having to kind of take it off, make some adjustments and hope for the best as you put it back on. It's not the most um, inspiring and exciting exercise in the world, but you gotta do what you gotta do to make garments look good on you. One thing that I did like is that again, there are pictures everywhere and she shows you every single step all the way across all the different mock-ups that she makes and they're very high quality pictures so you can see exactly what she did and she goes through and even explains why she made the pattern alterations that she did. So bravo on that. Uh, Two things that I would love to see if there is a sequel to this book. One is to cover pants. I noticed that almost all of what she discusses in this book is for the upper half of the body. Blouses, shirts, vests, anything that fits on the upper half of the body. She does make mention of skirts, but there's no mention of pants. And as somebody who really prefers to wear pants, I would really enjoy seeing her commentary on it, because pants can have all sorts of fitting problems, especially for women. And uh, speaking of women, the book entirely covers fitting for women. I don't have any mention here that I can remember that talked about making adjustments for men. And of course, men also have different body types. Men also need to have garments fitted. And so I would really like to see from her a section that is dedicated to men's clothing. You know, we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to have flattering garments for themselves. Everybody has a chance to work on their own tailoring, get their own knowledge, and use this to help make their own cosplay. So fingers crossed that there may be a sequel to this book. I would really enjoy seeing it. I love the way that the book is laid out. It's very, very sequential. It's very intuitive, easy to understand for the most part, excepting maybe some of the technical bits, but you know, that could be user error on my part all in all, I'm really happy with this book. I would just like to see some inclusions in it, maybe add a little bit more. I know at 131 pages, it's already fairly long. But then again, this could almost be broken out into multiple books, to be honest. And that way you don't have quite such a large compendium to have. Though, as an ebook, that's not quite as much of a problem since all it takes up is just more storage space on my ebook reader instead of being a larger, heavier, physical book that I slam down on my craft table whenever I need to use it. So all in all, highly recommend this book. So I'm basically slowing down working on cosplay just because I don't have a deadline and it's kind of nice to not have to rush through it. I can take my time. And if I feel like changing something,
1: then I can. You can, you absolutely can
0: and I've been able to focus on either relearning skills or improving skills that I would like to learn, like crochet. I can use that for cosplay. I will be working on getting better at embroidery, which I can also use for cosplay, because I would love to embroider the bottom of Athena's dress with the Zodiac symbols. Mm. Just little things. But now I have that time to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Breathing is important, people.
1: Very important, can't confirm this.
0: (laughs) You know, when I did my beginner cosplay panel at Akon the very first time, I actually did um, mention that you need to take natural measurements and not inhale and try and make yourself look better in your measurements.
1: Because breathing in costume is important. Breathing is very important. So is being able to sit down and eat and go to the bathroom. (laughs) All of the above. I think that needs to be the one thing that we we have to incorporate in every single version of a panel, beginner, intermediate, and advanced, because even as advanced cosplayers, we make things that make it impossible for us to breathe or to move or to sit.
0: You are costuming yourself, not Barbie.
1: Exactly.
0: At any rate, if you would like to talk about your favorite beginner, intermediate, or advanced panels that you've seen in cosplay, maybe there's something that we don't know about
1: that we would love to see, feel free to let us know on any of our social media, which of course you can find here. If you are watching us through video, everything is located underneath Amber's lovely face. Otherwise, if you are listening to us, you can visit us at CosPod.org. On Facebook and Instagram, it is Cosplay Podcast. And on YouTube and Twitter, it is CosPodcast.
0: Or, of course, you can email us, if you prefer, podcast at cospod.org. Where, of course, you'll get an answer from both of us. Or, I mean, if you want to, you know, talk about your favorite Nick Cage panel at (laughs) Comic-Con. There's always that, too. Otherwise, we will see you guys next time. And we will, of course, say, please stay healthy, stay safe, wear those masks so that we can all be together as soon as possible. Happy cosplaying. See you guys in episode 226. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, guys. <laughs>